want to know what's going down in the world of wrestling, then I suggest that you stay tuned to Verbal Wrestling. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Raw and Smackdown Reaction. Presented to you by Verbal Wrestling, where we use our verbal skills to talk about wrestling. I am your host, Charles, a.k.a. Mr. Chastastic, and I'm going to go ahead and be solo again this week. It's that time of year when everyone's kind of busy doing certain things, and in order for this Verbal Wrestling podcast, the Raw and SmackDown reaction to keep pushing, sometimes I got to go solo because Rich himself is also busy doing other things and doesn't have time and make our schedule all meet, so it's just me this week, but I could do it, been doing it the last couple of weeks, so I hope you guys aren't tired of my voice. I... Raw and SmackDown reaction, really good. I like, ex- or Raw and SmackDown, I really like what's been happening this week. And there's a lot of actual stuff happening this past, this whole week. Uh, we had Raw, we had SmackDown, we had Tribute from the Troops. We also have, um, we're going to talk about a little bit of Roadblock that's going to happen on Sunday. Um, a lot of it. Um, I don't watch the NXT and it's just one of those things that I just kind of do a lot of things. And I still like watching TV, other TV shows. So watching NXT has not yet been a priority for me. I do watch 205 Live because because 205 Live happens before Talking Smack. And I like watching Talking Smack. It just SmackDown and that whole night actually has a lot of things that I do enjoy. It comes in segments. SmackDown it comes then you have 205 live so i get to see a lot of cruiserweight action just cruiserweights and then talking smack caps it off and though it is a lot to like consume i'm able to do it i do it while on the internet and stuff like that and i've been loving exactly the storylines and how they're building and everything that's happening between both shows so without any further delay, let me go ahead and talk about either one of them, and or both uh, both shows, I should say. Well, let me first talk about Raw. I liked Raw. Raw did another solid episode. I enjoyed everything about it. And if you noticed, I'm always big on how storylines are placed. And I think the reason why Raw has gotten so much better, the last, I would say, the middle of of November, maybe leading up into summer into Survivor Series, is because I believe they had all this already planned, or the majority of it planned, like, you know, that part of the segment, ever since they had, like, the draft pick, or the draft pick, yeah, the draft pick, the, the brand split. We know that, like, Survivor Series is a big pay-per-view, co-branded. We know that Royal Rumble is a big pay-per-view, uh, a pay-per-view pro uh, co-branded uh, pay-per-view and then there's wrestlemania they're all within about a couple of months in between each other so wwe themselves it would make logic it'll be it'd be the most logical sense that they actually kind of plan these certain things they kind of like plan it out so that they can be able to know how to write each episode every week now, I think the reason why they sucked once the brand split was because, one, Finn Balor got, like, injured. And there was, like, the Roman Reigns thing where he was out for about a month, where he was, like, when he had, like, failed the 
the health, uh, the wellness policy. And I just think they had to like their original plans of what they wanted to do just had to be retweaked. They didn't know if they should go basically make Seth Rollins heal all over again and continue on with that storyline or whether try to do something different, which they ended up doing. Of course, so that's why Kevin Owens has been champion since then because now they're trying to develop that storyline and also put him in uh, Kev elevate Kevin's Owens status in the company so that he could be the next wave of big name wrestlers to carry on the company the next couple of years. But when the brand split because of so many certain things that happened, they kind of were lost of how they want to present it each show. That would build them all the way up to eventually WrestleMania. But because they were they're able to really figure out each person's role and what is working for Raw or for that roster, that Raw roster, it was around, let's say, October, maybe November. They started formulating a good plan for them to actually prepare themselves to lead all the way up to WrestleMania. And so that's why I think raw is having are doing such a great job plus i also think that they're kind of learning some of the mistake uh learning from some of the successes of smackdown smackdown ever since the brand split though it doesn't have the big names though it john cena's not even on there but yet uh aj styles has been able to like carry the brand on his back it's like they're learning. If you notice, there's a lot of like rehash storylines or rehash similar angles, similar matches on both brands. You'll see it on one brand over to the other. And I'm assuming that they'll test it on SmackDown and then the following week they'll do something similar or tweak it a little bit to be on Raw. Or they scheduled it for SmackDown, but they decided to do it on Raw first and then copy it on SmackDown. It's still just trying to figure out what each brand can do. And that's what I love about right now is that it's like both of them have their own grooves. And now that they actually have cruiserweights, they're able to still showcase them. And I'm happy with that. And amazing news that I just got today or was watching on the news today is that the there's doing a WWE UK championship tournament. I think that's awesome. I don't really have a lot of information on that. I don't even know how deep I want to talk about it, but I'll talk about that later after I talk more about Raw. But going back to Raw, Raw was a very solid episode. They structured the episode really well. It was all about New Day. New Day has basically officially broke the longest reign as tag team champions. Now, that is a huge accomplishment, being entrusted by the company to hold the title that long. And in reality, it looks like because they found a niche of being entertaining, of being able to sell merchandise, being able to talk well on the mic, the WWE didn't have any other tag teams that could actually compare to them. So, of course, you're going to put all your money, all your, and because there's like three of them, if one of them got injured, the other two could actually fill in the spots. I think they call that the, the free bird uh, rule, where any Two of the three people could actually defend the title. Uh, but because New Day was really hot, they're able to actually now be the longest title-holding tag team champions. And so that's a great accomplishment. In reality, it's all just how over you are with the audience. And because they were able to be over with the audience that long and no other tag team really has been able to elevate to that level, they did a good job. And this last Monday, they were able to celebrate it. 
They're still developing right now. They had that three-way where they where they beat Gallows and Sheamus and Cesaro. Gallows and Anderson, also Sheamus and Cesaro. Pretty good match. A lot of good back and forth. I liked it. Um, a lot of small things. Rest, wrestling in general, what I see in Raw, I just like. I think overall it's good. I just like that they were able to make the victory a hard-fought victory starting off the show. But lo and behold, they had to do the same thing later on because Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Jericho have a hot storyline right now. But starting it off, having that set from the very beginning, and then later on having the Kevin Owens trying to get Stephanie to give him and Jericho the tag team title champions, and then Sam and then uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns also getting put in the mix. I like how they're able to interweave that storyline in each in in small segments throughout the entirety of the show. So you saw a beginning, you saw a middle, and you saw an end. And that as a viewer is very entertaining because I'm not it's still mixed up or the storylines and the way that the stories are being told are told in different angles. Needing to say it's, you know, they're now doing the Jericho and Kevin Owens having the riff. And so they're start that's like like the next level from their program together and they're still able to incorporate Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns which are still the main guys on Raw and but they're able to actually infuse little uh, a lot of their storylines little by little throughout the entire episode so that when they had the tag team champion the three-way tag team match at the end New Day Jericho Owens and Seth and uh, Rollins and Reigns you know it gave you that final conclusion of something that started in the beginning. And that's what I loved about it. That's what's great about the show. It's it it makes me want uh, to me I can watch the show pretty much straight while I'm on the internet of course. Uh but uh I could watch it and not feel like this is kind of like dragging on or it doesn't feel like it's it's dragging for me. I just personally believe that they do enough to keep me hooked into watching the entire program. So that's what I love about that. The other storyline that I really loved on Raw is the whole Sami Zayn and McFoley. Now this is, I think, what they call is a slow burn. They're really trying to draw this out. It's easy to put Sami Zayn and, and Strowman together and just make it just one squash the other. And the one doing the squashing is usually Strowman because they want him to be the beast. The next version of a beast type character when in the past it was always like Undertaker or Kane or Big Show. Braun, uh, Braun Strowman is now the beast that is like on the roster and that's what they want him. They want him to be a giant. They want him to be someone that will destroy like everyone that can destroy everyone in the roster. So that's what they've been doing ever since the brand split. But it's nice how they're trying to infuse Sami Zayn into a storyline. Finally, instead of just keep showing him and Kevin Owens, which we've seen over and over again, they actually put Sami Zayn into another angle. And now it's with Strowman. But the whole mix of the whole thing is, or the thing that's kind of mixing it around is basically Mick Foley. Mick Foley's doing a great job. I, I didn't hate the way that it played out on how the Strowman uh, the Strowman and um, I just said it, Sami Zayn match, uh, match for Roadblock really developed. 
I like the fact that Mick Foley was looking out for Sammy. Sammy was trying to fight to actually get this match because Mick never wanted to give it to him. It puts Mick Foley, his character, in a more observant role, a more neutral role, someone who actually has a thought behind why he's doing what he's doing. Instead of just throwing matches together, he's actually just doing it. Before, when the brand split happened, it looked like he was just the the yes man to Stephanie McMahon. When you go on SmackDown, you just saw Daniel Bryan and um, Shane McMahon. It looks like they were working as a team and they were looking for the betterment of the show. But when Raw started with the brand split, Mick Foley was basically the yes person to Stephanie McMahon. But now... Just though he's not involved in every single angle that's happening on Raw, but the fact that he has that moment with Sami Zayn, and then when they argued backstage, and then when he when Sami Zayn won his match later on against Jinder Mahal, and Mick Foley came out and they had that argument because, you know, he became a president. If you watch the show, you'll know that Sami Zayn requested to be traded, and Mick Foley said, "Let me make some, let me call Daniel Bryan's and see what he wants to do." Only to find out that later on. Sami Zayn really didn't want to leave and McFoley though he said he did make a trade and the trade was supposed to be for Eva Marie you know it was like you know, it was one of those things where Sami Zayn said no I wanted to stay you're the one pushing me out it, basically it's just you now you have McFoley in a nice character and personality that he's neither he's not a heel and not really a face Though in this moment he he would you would consider him as a face uh, commissioner, but it's really more of someone who's just looking out for the brand and looking out for his people. So now you know that that's what he's about. He's just looking to protect the wrestlers, and he's looking out to create a great brand, and that's what I think a good commissioner should do. Because unless you're an, a McMahon, unless you're an owner, unless you are the one completely in charge. The authority type figure angle cannot be as strong if you're just only a commissioner because there's still someone ahead of you. And so Mick, is, Mick Foley and Sami Zayn solidified that neutral type um, kind of mentor that Mick Foley is trying to be to all the wrestlers and is being portrayed through Sami Zayn and I thought it was a great way how they developed that I thought it was really nice that um well it was just a great conversation back and forth you know you really were thinking that Mick Foley was going to trade Sami Zayn to Smackdown we all wanted Sami Zayn to be on Smackdown hell I'd love to see Sami Zayn on Smackdown I think he would have a great program with AJ Styles, it would elevate Sami Zayn's profile in the company as far as where he would lie in the card because right now he doesn't fit in the mix of Rollins, Reigns, Jericho, Owens. He doesn't fit there. But what he will fit really well if he moved over to SmackDown, but that's not how the draft went. But in order to make Sami Zayn significant, they put him in this storyline with Strowman, but it's not just wrestler versus wrestler. It's about a mentor, the commissioner, Mick Foley, trying to look out for the wrestlers as well as for the betterment of the brand. He didn't want to trade him, and that's why we pulled out the piece of paper. It was blank. He never even made any calls. He just wanted to see that Sami Zayn really wanted 
to fight and take himself to that next level. So the good thing about that is Sami Zayn is always, they also mentioned it that he's always like happy-go-lucky. So this one allows him to kind of change, I guess you could say, his style. It's not about being happy. It's about being vicious. It's about being aggressive. Sami Zayn kind of was more of the Dolph Ziggler where you sell a lot and you do big moves. But this allows him to be more darker and more edgier instead of just high-flying and just, you know, I, I, I expect Sami Zayn to be, what I'm expecting of the match on Roadblock is that he just gets really brutal. I'd love to see it to be more of a, like a no-holds-barred uh, no match where they actually get to use weapons. I would love to see that aggressiveness out of Sami Zayn. But the beautiful thing overall is just basically there is a spot for Sami Zayn. And I do believe he should be in that main event circle. It's just there's no space and how to fit his character within that timeline. The good thing about that match as well is it still doesn't rob anything away from Strowman. I don't believe Sami Zayn's going to win by pinfall. He's going to win because... or. He's the, 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 since the 10 minute match, he's going to win because of time limit. And that win because of time limit would mean that Strowman never had to lay down and get pinned. And Sami Zayn is tough enough to stay in a ring as someone powerful as Strowman. So it's kind of a win-win in a sense that Sami Zayn gets exposure, could actually get more aggressive tweak his personality more and still put Strowman as that beast that they want him to be on Raw. So loved how that went, loved how that went, loved how that went. So it just carried on. I mean, that had two significant segments and one in the first hour and one in the last hour. The New Day, Gallows Anderson, or the New Day with Rollins and uh, Rollins Reigns and Jericho, that happened in each of the hour of this, each segment, they had a segment in each hour. And it's just, it's just interesting. I love it. I just, I just love when everything looks logical, feels logical, because when my mind watches it, there's kind of a little bit, there's like, there's a sense of completion. And it just, it's like one of those things where I just, it just makes me feel like, oh, that was a great episode. It's like when you watch a really good TV show and you got that beginning, middle and end and you're like, wow, that was a good show. That's the feeling I'm getting because of the great storytelling that they're doing right now. And it's just awesome. I still also like the Rusev Cass and um, Rusev Cass and uh, uh, Enzo. You know, all that whole mix. I like that as well. I think it's a great. I thought that was also a nice way to get Rusev. This whole Rusev and Lana angle versus Cass and Enzo. I just really think that puts Rusev in a different light as far as his personality. Rusev was always that mean Russian brute that would just dominate you because he's strong, he's powerful, and he can just go. That's his whole angle. He's a great wrestler. I like his size and the way he moves and the way he actually wrestles works well for the, for him. And so, but you always saw him just be that I'm from, uh, it's not Russia. Lana's the one from Russia, but, you know, Bulgaria. I'm from Bulgaria. I'll beat you up. I'm, he, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to beat you up pro Bulgaria. You know, that, that's basically his gimmick. 
now it's not just about him being brutal because he's from Bulgaria. Now he's brutal because he has a wife. And him and his wife are just conniving while Enzo and Cass, well, Enzo particularly, is just kind of a guy, dude, trying to pick up on some guy, some some uh, guy's wife. So I, I enjoy it. I, I just I love it a lot. I just think they're doing a great job with it. Um, yeah. So three main storylines and it just told it just unfolded very well throughout the entire three hours of raw so i liked raw kudos give big i'm giving them a big round of applause so that was raw smackdown was also equally well um i was kind of confused that ellsworth was not able to or why did they do this him being sick i don't know i'm trying to think why they actually decided to play the sick card and then all of a sudden new things developed it's like with this week of smackdown it looks like they're actually what's the word i'm looking for they're kicking it into second gear as far as the main stars i think ellsworth was just someone that came out of the blue and was able was so entertaining they wanted to keep him around i don't think they ever planned to actually keep him as long as he's been there I don't think they ever planned to offer him a contract, but he's such a hot character. Everybody loved this underdog personality, but this week he was sick and wasn't able to have his rematch versus AJ Styles. Instead, it looks like there's a new development behind all that was happening. It looks like, well, at the end of SmackDown, Ziggler won the fatal four-way to be the number one contender, and that four-way was Ziggler, Miz, Luke Harper, Dean Ambrose. Ziggler won, so now you have Ziggler versus AJ Styles. If anyone could push Ziggler to the next level, it will be AJ Styles. AJ Styles was able to get Dean and raise Dean's profile a a step higher. Because when Dean Ambrose was actually the champion, he was kind of blah. He couldn't get Ziggler over. Ziggler is a good wrestler. Sells kind of too much. I want him to see be more dominant, but he sells a lot so that his comeback actually becomes more exciting. But Ziggler and Dean Ambrose, when the brand split happened, it just was not clicking. Now, if there's anyone there that could actually bring Ziggler to a next or to a higher level, it would be AJ Styles. So I like that they're going with the AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler. But in the mix of all that, you still have Luke Harper, and it looks like it's going to be Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose that's going to start feuding. That's going to have feud because I think with The Miz, they're going to start doing something with Apollo Creed because of what happened at uh, uh, Tribute to the Troops. Tribute to the Troops? Tribute for the Troops? Forgot which one. But a Tribute to the Troops, um, we saw that they saw that Apollo Creed storyline. I don't think that's actually a one and done. I just think that was just something that was, uh, if it's not going to be Apollo Crews, it's going to be someone like Baron Corbin, but I don't see heel versus heel as part of a storyline. But I think they want to mix things up and kick it into second gear because they could easily go back to the previous storylines of AJ and Dean Ambrose very quickly and then have that conclude at WrestleMania. Figure out right now, WrestleMania is what, April, first week of April? We're in December. We're at the end of December. So now we have January, February, March of three solid months to develop a storyline that will make WrestleMania something worth paying all that money to go see. And 
in order for them to have the audience invested in these wrestlers, they have to really kick it into second gear around now. Because what builds up this month is going to lay the foundation at the Royal Rumble. And they're going to try to reinforce it in the February and March pay-per-view leading to WrestleMania. So it looks like right now they're mi mixing things up with Ziggler and AJ Styles. Love that idea. Now it looks like Luke Harper, who's now put into that that heavyweight title, uh, that heavyweight title like scene, looks like it's going to be Luke and Dean Ambrose. Miz having a little scuffle with Apollo Crews, who really does need more time in order for him to kind of like develop even more because he's a great wrestler as well. I like that they're trying to do certain things to elevate everything up. So that's what I loved about SmackDown from the start. They started with that and then they ended with that. With The Miz, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Ziggler. That whole mix started the show and it also ended the show. It was a completion. It was, it was knowing something started and I was able to see the finish. Where does this put Ellsworth? I don't know. Um, Ellsworth is still someone that's entertaining that could pull out. Who knows? Will they turn him heel? Maybe. According to Sam Roberts, if they turn him heel, his, his career and the WWE main roster is kind of over. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is that they can still pull out the Ellsworth card as another match. To throw in the storylines. But right now I think right now they're just kicking it into second gear. For that main event picture. Now. The other thing that I also liked. I did like the tag team elimination for number one contender. With the winner being the hype bros. Now personally I do not like the hype bros. Do not like them whatsoever. I am not entertained by them. I think Mojo Rawley's would Raleigh would actually be more appealing to me as a single wrestler. Zack Ryder, I'm entertained by Zack Ryder. I just don't think he's he's the same character that we've been seeing him. I haven't seen him just raised to another level. And he's had opportunities, but he plays the same role. He plays the same gimmick. He has the same mindset. He talks the same. He looks the same, acts the same. So if what I did yesterday is the same as today, I'm going to see the same thing tomorrow. And that's what my problem with Zack Ryder. I don't see him change things around. Like a gr the best wrestler right now on the roster that can change things around after a couple of months or after a year or whatever is basically Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is at the point where he kind of like tweak his character and do something different. But he built that reputation after a while. He took risks and he was able to do it. Zack Ryder, I don't see the risks that he takes and trying to do something small or minute that will change his gimmick and his look and his attitude and everything that makes him someone that I'd be interested and eager to watch. That's my problem with Zack Ryder. And because of that, Hype Bros is just not my favorite team. Now, they became number one contenders, but it looked like a writer actually got injured at that uh, at the end of the match. He got injured. Hopefully he's not. I hate to see that wrestlers get injured because I, I want to see where the fulfill where the continuation of storylines go. So hopefully it's just a sprain and it's nothing major and he can be recovered. No, no issues with the MRI. That's the best case scenario because I want to see where they're taking this because they look like they're invested in putting them over 
in putting the hypers over. But this injury, now they got to change the storylines. What I did love about this, though, that if you watch Talking Smack, this is, I mean, what I did love about the tag team division, if you watch Talking Smack, the Usos came out. Of course, one of the Usos has a messed up ankle, which is why he hasn't been, uh, the Usos haven't been wrestling. But the Usos came out and they're kind of like egging on, goes, give us a shot. We beat them. They're nobodies. All these guys are nobody. All these guys are nobody. Put us as, put us as the number one contenders. You know, so I love that they're actually trying to do it. I try to get, you know, that well, being on Talking Smack, it puts them in front of the camera. So we're familiar with them again. For those who have the WWE Network for $9.99 and watching Talking Smack, um, they, I love what they were doing. But if they didn't want with Hype Bros, what team would I personally like to see as the number one contenders that will challenge the uh, the White family? Personally, I for some reason I'm liking the Ascension. Of course, White family they're not really heels because. Everyone loves the Whites and are, uh, loves Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. But you want to boo them because they are heels, but they're kind of like that tweener where they're not bad guys, but they're not good guys. See, Ascension, I like what they're doing. If you really watch how the Ascensions, how they move, you will see they could actually do, they could tell a really great story in the ring. They wrestle, they wrestle really well. They put themselves in the right positions for the moves. They are actually good. I think if you just give, and the fact that they got rid of that whole road warrior type look makeup, and now they kind of have a little bit of a tweak to it. I'm liking it. I'm feeling it. I'd love to see the Ascension actually elevate and try to be in that number one contender and the number one contender spot. That's what I want to see. Brizango, I think that's just for comedy. Villains, another team I would like to see, but... Between them and Ascension, I would like I'd rather see Ascension. There's just something about their size and the aggressiveness that I'm seeing in the ring that they do that I'm really liking. American Alphas, I want them to actually do that, but I want that to be maybe a year from now. Because I want the revival to be called up and put into SmackDown and watch their feuds over again because that was a hot feud during NXT. Whether, um, whether the Revival will actually be on SmackDown, I do not know. That's something I can never predict, but I would like to see them on SmackDown and competing against America Alpha and taking that wrestling, that those their styles, just, just on like the SmackDown TV. That would be a great treat. But for right now, if Hypros are out, I would rather have the Ascension. Um, everything else... Nikki Bella, they had a great little scuffle. Um, Alexa Bliss and everything. Uh, overall, SmackDown, I did like it. I do think that two hours is the perfect amount of time for a TV show. It's a good enough. Um, it's a good. It's a good amount of time to give you beginning, a middle, and end, and not feel that it drags. Raw was able to do it consistently, but you know, eventually, it's just gonna be. You're just going to not know where Raw's going with their shows because it's Raw. It's three hours. Sometimes that's going to, that's, that's a problem to, to actually fill a solid three hours, but they've been able to do it the last four episodes. So kudos to them, but two hours it to me is the perfect amount of time to run a wrestling show. 
and SmackDown is also, and the Tuesday night's also doing really good because if you still want to see more, 205 Live's on the network and Talking Smack's on the network. So just the pacing and the way they structure things, I like what how Tuesday night comes out. I prefer this two hour on TV, one hour of 205 Live on TV, on the network and then Talking Smack afterwards, like as if I'm watching ESPN. You know, it, that's what I love that mix. A solid three hours, I think it's a little too long, but, you know, uh, I would say you got to have good writing, which they have had in the past, but two hours, two hours, two hours. should only be two hours. Well, Tribute for the Troops was also another great thing. I did miss the beginning of Tribute for the Troops, but I was there to see already the Apollo Crews and Mismatch. Um, I'm not going to talk about everything else that happened there. Uh, what I want to say, what, what I find funny is that because it's tribute to the troops, you want them happy. So every good guy, every face all won their matches. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, it's, it's just like you kind of would, to me, I had a feeling that every match is just going to be the good, uh, I could have predicted Every match, the face is going to win. The reason why is you want to make the troops happy. And the troops are happy that the bad guy gets beat down. The bad guy loses. And I found out, I found, I found that to be quite funny to me only because it's just, you watch this, it had great wrestling, but you knew the good guy will always win. They had a great solid show from what I watched. I think I missed like an, a half hour of it. Um, I was entertained. I thought they actually had some really great wrestling. Um, yeah, they just had some really great wrestling. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about 205 Live real quick that I'm watching it. I think, I think it's getting better because now you get to see more of the storyline between Rich Swan, TJP and Brian Kendricks. And I'm loving what they're doing with Gallagher and him and Daivari. Love what's happening there. And then Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander, their little scuffles, love what's happening there. I want to see it develop. And only time will tell to see how far they go with storylines because it is, you know, they don't have a significant amount of time. 205 Live will have about three matches, so they still got to fix. They got to figure out how do you incorporate more people into that show and how do you incorporate their storylines uh, since it's a short amount of time. I guess you could do it on a Raw, since the Cruiserweights uh, matches are exclusive for Raw. But I like it. 205 Live. If you're not watching it, check it out. 205 Live, that's where all the indie wrestlers that did not have to go to NXT are now showing up. <laughs> I find that kind of funny as well. I just, had to, I just, I just, I find it funny that before the path would be you're an indie wrestler. You go to NXT, and then you go to the main roster. With, I guess, because of people like Finn Balor, uh, who else? Kevin Owens, Cesaro, all those guys have proved that they they've all been in the ring. Sami Zayn, they've been wrestling for such a long time that you, they can't. There's nothing for them to really learn at NXT. I think there was a big thing where. Dusty Rhodes, I was I was listening to a podcast and they said there were certain people Dusty Rhodes never talked to. And it wasn't Dusty wasn't snobbing these people. 
It's just he would see them wrestle. He would see them cut promos. He would see them in the ring. And for Dusty, he's like, there's nothing I can teach you. And that's how come he was kind of, he didn't spend time with certain wrestlers. Wrestlers that were ready to go. And that was NXT. So with 205 Live, if you have wrestlers that are so more, much more experienced than the whole, than people in the NXT roster, you know, and you're indie and you're smaller, you got 205 Live. I found that uh, very interesting. So 205 Live, if you're not watching it, check it out. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about right now is the roadblock. I'm going to give you a little bit of my predictions and I'll tell you why I like who I like. Um, and just give you my predictions for roadblock. Going to roadblock, it started with off with, uh, it, well, one of the matches is Big Cass versus Rome with uh, Rusev. Who's going to win? I'm going to say Big Cass. I'm going to scratch that. I'm wait, No, I'm going to say Rusev with an interference by Lana. So Rusev versus Big Cass. Rusev wins. Next, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. Who's going to win? Kevin Owens. Why? Because Kevin Owens is the champ. I don't think there's any reason for Reigns to win the title. He already has a title. There's enough space for the U.S. title. I don't think he's going to... I don't I don't know if the stipulation is that they're going to combine the U.S. and the, the Universal. I just think it's all for the uh, the the Universal title. I don't know. I may be wrong, but we'll find out on Roadblock. I'm pretty sure most of you guys are going to listen to this after this prediction, but I'm going to pick Kevin Owens. After that, we, uh, another match would be Jericho versus Rollins. Who's going to win? Rollins. Why? Because Jericho does not need to win. There's nothing, there's no reason why Jericho has to go over on any of these storylines. For Jericho, winning doesn't mean anything unless it helps develop a storyline towards something. So Jericho winning means nothing. Rollins winning over Jericho means more. Because it was your show Rollins is on top of his game. He's the better wrestler. That's the connotation you get with Rollins wins. If Jericho wins, you're like, oh, he's Jericho. Of course he's going to win. So Jericho, it makes no point for him to win. So I'm going to go with Rollins. Sasha versus Charlotte. This is a 30-minute Iron Man match. Um, no, I'm going to say I'm kind of tired of Sasha, the Sasha and Charlotte matches. It's really cool that they're able to do a cage match. That they're able to do like no no, no uh, false count anywhere match. That they're able to do all these different matches because they're women. Now they're doing like an Iron Man match. It's cool and all, but isn't there any other females on the uh, on Raw? Look at SmackDown. The majority of the females, except for Naomi and Natalia, Natalia is slightly coming in with in a storyline between Nikki Bella and Carmella. I mean, aside from a Naomi, there really isn't anybody else on SmackDown that, you know, that all the females, I should say, pretty much all have roles. You could exclude Eva Marie because I I don't think there's any urgency to bring her back. But, you know, except for my, Naomi, there really aren't any other female. I mean, they pretty much have all the females in storylines. But when you go to Raw, it's kind of like there's... Bailey and Bailey's been wrestling Dana Brooke and um, Alicia Fox, but there's no real backstory behind that. All the the whole women's division is just basically Sasha and Charlotte. And I'm kind of personally, I'm kind of tired of it. 
because in reality, they may do one or two spots that will amaze me, but it looks like I'm watching the same match because basically it's the same people. But we'll see what happens. Who am I going for between the two? It's going to be Charlotte. Why? Is because they want, they're going to flip it again. And the reason why they're going to flip it again is because they want Charlotte. Oh, correction. No. Okay. Charlotte will win, but not due to pinfall. It'll be something totally different. That's my prediction. Because I think they want Charlotte to still be undefeated at pay-per-views. But I don't think they're going to give her the, the, the title when they just gave it to Sasha. So Charlotte's going to win between Sasha and Charlotte. Next, Rich Swan versus TJP versus Kendricks. Who's going to go over? Rich Swan. Why? He just got the title. I don't see any point on why TJP or Kendrick should actually gain the title. Kendrick more than TJP because I think him as a heel is more entertaining. But I think they're going to keep it on Rich Swan. I think Rich Swan is actually going to go over out of the, uh, in that match. Next is Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman for a 10-minute match to see if Zayn can hang with Strowman. Who's going to win? Zayn because he's going to last for 10 minutes. The other one is a title match, New Day versus Sheamus Cesaro. Who's going to win? It's going to be New Day. It's going to be New Day because New Day rocks. New Day rocks. But it's going to be New Day because I don't think they're going to change the title. I think they're going to make Sheamus and Cesaro work for it. But I think they're going to keep it on New Day because New Day sells merchandise. But those are my predictions. Um... It's just a prediction. I just wanted to talk about with the title. I don't even, if you notice, I don't even really go back to the predictions that I had last week. I just say predictions only because I just want to tell you what I think about the card and what I like about it or not like about it. But we'll see what happens at Roadblock. I will be watching it. Um, probably recap it a little bit later, but that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, we did talk about each of the episodes, Raw, SmackDown, and... Uh, Tribute for the Troops, a little bit of 205. I guess I should start watching NXT to kind of give the holistic picture of the things that I like about the WWE. But overall, I can never be totally dissatisfied with the WWE. They do so much. Oh, wait, one more thing I want to talk about. The WWE UK Championship Tournament. Now, I really don't know what to think about it. It's kind of like... I'm trying to figure, I, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Basically, the UK is a market that the WWE has not yet fully tapped. They do their tours in Europe. So it's UK, England, or UK, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, Italy, France, Spain. You know, they do their tours and that's cool. But right now the UK actually has a very hot wrestling scene. If you got people like, like, I'm trying to think of some names, uh, Kurt Angle going over there to go wrestle, and hot indie wrestlers like Joey Ryan and uh, Colt Cabana going over there wrestling a lot, and then they're getting, and uh, streaming things like Flow Slam, as well as like Fight Club or Fight, Fight App, the Fight App, you know, streaming UK content. It means to say that UK actually has a good content. 
It makes no sense for them to actually bring American wrestlers to go over there and just always wrestle when they actually have a really strong wrestling scene that people are familiar with. So what's the most logical thing to do? Create a tournament over there like they did with the Cruiserweight Classic so that eventually they could actually have UK programming on the WWE Network. And I understand, so that logically makes sense. My issue is, or what I still don't know is how are they going to actually make this work as far as like SummerSlam or WrestleMania and stuff like that. It does have a niche, but do you bring those guys over so that they can actually be a part of the main roster? Or do you keep them collectively just in the UK, Europe area and just have like this whole division of WWE that's pure Europe. I don't know because I would think if you're the UK champion, therefore you're wrestling around in UK. I don't think the UK champion is going to be the same like a WWE uh, US, US champion. Basically, the US champion is just another title. I don't think the UK champion is going to be along with the main roster. I just believe that they're just going to be just... They're going to, I, in, in my mind's eye, I can imagine that they're going to actually just have a show in the network that's based in the UK and they're going to have, and like 205 Live, pull one or two of them to actually be in the US to wrestle for Ross Macdown or something. But it's interesting. I find it very interesting that they're actually doing this because what basically they're doing is pulling indie wrestlers and giving them a stage to develop the craft. Basically what they're doing with the different programming, NXT, which is no longer a developmental show, it's actually its own brand. NXT, 205 Live, a show for cruiserweights. Now a UK show. And I'm pretty sure they're doing it. And eventually, and I will predict this, and I'm pretty sure there's there's a little rumors around that they're actually going to have like a female show. I'm expecting them to actually just do a whole f- show just for female wrestlers. Basically, what they're doing is they're creating within themselves their own territories. But the territories isn't location-based. It's now like different levels or criterias light heavyweight in the uk development which is either people to help development which is nxt they have two brands they're building up their own territories because the territory system's dead and the thing is because they're expanding their reach to showcase wrestlers in different levels it also elevates independent wrestling that now independent wrestlers see that there is an opportunity to actually be a part of the WWE without having to be six foot five, 280 pounds. That's what it was back in the day. You had to be this tall, yoked guy to wrestle in the WWE. But that's been long gone. With the with the growth of the independent scene, with people being getting excited about wrestling. And using the independent scene as well as Lucha Underground to be the alternative to current wrestling. I think that, uh, you know, 
having a UK championship and having all these shows is really awesome. That's so that's why I'm excited. I'm excited about the UK, the WWE UK champion tournament. I just want to see where they're developing it next. Knowing where that path is and what's happening, I kind of like that. I kind of like to see how production works. And WWE is just such a big machine, but seeing how all the parts interplay with each other, how all the parts move, to me, it's exciting. And that's like my analysis are always about storylines and how it goes down is because I like seeing how production and development goes. But that's pretty much me, and that's what I want to talk about. I've been babbling on for such a long time. Now, now it's pretty much done. <laughs> I thank everyone for listening to this episode. I thank everyone for being to listen to my rants and raves on the WWE. That's what the Raw and SmackDown reaction is. Um, I do have another podcast called The Chastastic View, and people are beginning people are beginning to listen to it more. I'm excited. It's getting more listens than uh, Raw and SmackDown reaction, which I can't hate um, because the Chastastic View is all about me talking about the shows, I, the indie shows I attend here in Southern California, and it's something different. So listen to that, but and also listen to this. I do appreciate all five of you guys that are listening. <laughs> I say that in jest. I'm hoping it's more, uh, but. Some people I do I do know actually do listen to this podcast. So I thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I um, I'm gonna start. A, I have a YouTube channel that I'm gonna slowly develop. That I'm slowly developing. I do have a website that I'm still trying to figure out how I really want to like what theme I want to use on WordPress to actually showcase the things that I want to showcase. I do also have uh, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter because I do a lot of video. Uh, tweets for a lot of the indie shows that I go to. Uh, I do have a Facebook page. Every now and then I'll be sharing stuff that I see that I think is cool regarding wrestling. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, go to my website. It's all verbal wrestling. Uh, Support that. Click subscribe, click like, whatever that's there and follow uh, all that goody stuff. If you want to email us, you could email verbal wrestling at wrestling at yahoo.com and that's all I got well until next week I'm excited about like this weekend I did get PWG tickets I will be going to Santino Bros and be watching Roadblock um, excited for this weekend I know it's going to be cold but I'm excited because I do love wrestling but that's it thank you so much for listening I hope you all have a great day <laughs>